Hello, welcome back to the Quack Report. My name is Carter. I'm here with Nate Thomas. How's it going, bud? Not too bad. I flipped that script on you. <laughs> yeah. You normally ask me how I'm doing first. Usually. But Caught you off guard. Yeah. Not really, because you do that on our <laughs> other show, the Shooting Around show, so I was ready for it. Also, I'm That's capable fair. of having a normal conversation, so That's when people fair. ask me how I'm doing, I can answer right away. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. That's good. How are you? Pretty good. <laughs> That's good. I'm fine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I can do math really fast also, too. Can you? Yeah. Four plus ten. Uh, Twenty-five. No. <laughs> but it was fast. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you didn't say it was right. <laughs> Yeah, you got me. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess let's get into it. We do have uh, quite a bit to talk about, especially with the trade deadline uh, just yes, we do. passing us by and uh, lots of lots of new faces as well. Um, still some familiar faces, which is good. You do want to see that. But um, yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, yeah, first, I want to trade off the entire team like mid-season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's though an off-season thing. Yeah, though that would be something actually. Yeah. <laughs> like an entire facelift. Yeah. I, I mean, look at New Jersey really yeah like, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it <laughs> they cleaned house except for like the the guys that they drafted first over all the last couple of years so yeah yeah um they traded away even before like well before the deadline the guy mm-hmm. that got them those two first overalls in taylor hall yeah well let's get into um a game i guess it that happened quite a few days ago now but we haven't had a chance to talk about yet uh the ducks and the golden knights this one was a 6-5 uh loss to the the Golden Knights in overtime, though, so we still got a point out of it, which is pretty good. This one was off the map compared to our predictions. Yeah. Uh, on this one, you had a three-two win. You, you didn't say regulation or overtime. You refused, like you usually do. Yep. But I mean, not close to six-five. Four-three isn't much closer. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, at least we were both one goal off, even though it was a loss. That's true. Yeah. So like. Yeah, and we said we'll, wins. We'll split so. it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one else was closer, so. <laughs> Technically, you are with the amount of goals. I guess. Mine would have been like a five-goal total game. Yours is seven. Yeah. So. Still, though, not close with 11 goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, Malcolm Subban was a net for the Golden Knights here. Uh, stopped 25 of the 30 shots he faced for an 8-3-3 save percentage. Gibson was a net for us. Uh, stopped 22 of the 28 he faced for a 7-8-6 save percentage. Not a lot of shots, so the, these stats are kind of inflated with the amount of goals that happened. But uh, there was good saves on both sides. It wasn't necessarily the goalie's fault on this one. It was just a lot of offense. Yeah, there was good saves on both sides. But yeah, it really was not the night for the goalies by mm-hmm. any means. Like, yeah, like not able to get a whole lot of shots time in between shots and then just like barrages basically on both ends um you can't really get into a rhythm or that sort of thing so kind of felt for both goalies just a side note i guess uh suban got traded at the trade deadline as well from uh vegas there to chicago mm-hmm. um uh, ca- i like to think that this this ducks performance you know the ducks lighting up suban yeah. was the reason he got traded it, it honestly <laughs> did make me wonder like if like you kind of looked at that game if like Vegas went okay maybe we should move on from him and try to get something else um or if it was in talks already for a while so I'd be I'd be kind of curious to hear something I doubt I doubt we would hear but yeah I'm not sure um I guess we'll uh we'll leave that to the Vegas hockey podcast uh to to discuss that one yeah because um, it's not our specialty no that's true I guess the Chicago one too but probably the Vegas one well in the first period of this game we'll kind of jump right into the second half of the frame uh that there wasn't a lot to talk about in the first half of this one uh Ryan Reeves with the Golden Knights goes around the net centers it and Brown uh, of the Golden Knights manages to pick it up 
uh, in front of the net, pick up the garbage, that is, to put the Golden Knights up one to nothing. In the dying seconds of this period, however, and by dying seconds, I literally mean dying seconds, only two seconds left, Ducks with the puck in the offensive zone. Gooley just throws it from the point, uh, not really even on net, just kind of through the slot. But Devin Shore manages to tip it. Uh, kind of against the grain, past Subban to tie the game up going into the intermission. So uh, really smart play by Gooley. Shore was paying attention, obviously, not just letting the clock wind down. And yeah, the huge play by by some young guys to tie the game up. Yeah, exactly. Gooley taking that shot and not just, you know, maybe taking it outside the line or just... Like, I mean, he, he kind of threw it on net in a way, but, uh, you know, just not... Like, you play till you hear that whistle or that buzzer, so... Uh, yeah, great on Gooley for doing that. And sure, yeah, getting that tip in was really nice to... It was, it was a nice tip in, so... Yeah, it really was, yeah. Moving on to the second period of this game, about midway through the frame, Getzlaff makes a backhand no-look pass from behind the net to a sneaking Raquel. However, Malcolm Subban manages to get a piece of it with his glove. Uh, I don't know if that was skill or luck or a little bit of both. But I think it was a little bit of luck, just judging yeah. from the way that Subban kind of got across or whatnot. So Yeah, but beautiful pass by Getzlaff behind the net to just yeah, for sure. have the awareness that Raquel was sneaking in, not sell it. And yeah, yeah uh, th- that was close. It, it could have been a different game if that one went yeah, in for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a veteran move by Getzlaff there. So Yeah. Later on in the period, Terry and Henrique are pressuring Vegas in their own zone. They manage to knock the puck off of the Vegas defender. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of scrambling in front of the net, uh, but Richie manages to pick up the loose change and put it in for his seventh goal of the season with uh, the lone assist being credited to Henrique on that one. So Ducks are up 2-1. to one. one thing out of, uh, I guess, really these next two games is just that, like, just like the offensive zone defensive pressure, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just by this team, like they don't back down really like once they give or like once the puck gets given up, it's not like, okay, like we'll we'll get back and get ready to defend now. It's like, no, they, we're going to we're going to defend yeah. right now. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really love to see that for sure. The Knights do answer back, however, on the rush. Mark Stone finds a sneaking Alec Martinez who joined the rush and uh he just ch- and he just tips it past Gibson to tie the game up at 2 to 2. In the final minute of this frame, a screen is set up in front of Gibson by Max Pacioretty. Carlson then uh, gets the puck right in the slot, just picks his spot, and Gibson doesn't even really see it, doesn't even move. And um, going into the second intermission of this one, the Golden Knights are now up 3-2 to two with a, a late period goal. Man, I know he just, like in the play, he just got there, but you don't even let Max Pacioretty get to the front of the net. No. Like you do everything you can to make sure he's like away from it. <laughs> Yeah, and that yeah, that sure. was just, yeah, that was. I don't even remember who the defenseman was, but that was just not a great move, and like that that cost your team. So yeah, no, it really did. Moving on to the third period here, Ducks win an offensive zone faceoff early on, take a shot from the point. Henrik uh, then picks up the puck, tries to beat Subban uh, by going around the net, but can't. Not by much though. Subban just barely gets across. But then Subban out of position, Terry finds Richie in the slot, and he manages to tie the game uh, for his second goal of the game, eighth of the season, and assists going to Terry and Henrique on that one. Already talked about it. like Well, I guess more, I guess, in a defensive stance, but just in general, pressure, pressure, pressure. Mm-hmm. Not giving um, up on the play. Really, really smart. Yeah, exactly. And same thing with, I guess, kind of the next game, but like really like these last five games, I would say, like even though a couple of them were, well, majority of them were losses, it honestly kind of makes me wonder if we had 
this kind of play from the start of the season actually where we would be right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we could be a lot better and could even be in um, that uh, that really tight uh, playoff uh, push right now in the Pacific. Yeah, I, I think that there's a lot a lot more games um, with this kind of pressure than than not. Um, I, I do think that it should be more, uh, or that it would have been nice to see more of that. But yeah, it it's definitely been there at certain points in the season. It, it's, it's just the consistency yeah, that exactly. I haven't, haven't noticed with it. But yeah, so we're at three to three now. Vegas then puts on the pressure, but they can't quite capitalize on a power play. However, just as it ends, Carlson gets um, a shot from the dot, and he beats Gibson low, uh, four to three. So not enough time for the guy in the box to to quite get there and pressure Carlson. And um, I, I'm not sure if it was just like a result of how the power play went, or if the Ducks knew that they were getting out of the zone didn't, or were, were playing it more as even strength without the guy coming back in the zone yet. I'm not really sure uh, what happened there. Maybe, yeah, maybe you have an opinion. But. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. All I know is that you don't give William Carlson space and mm-hmm. that much time. Oh yeah, that, that's um, way too he, much yeah, time he, for him. That guy will make you pay. So yeah, for sure. Um, unfortunately, um, he it's does not make the us first pay. Time we do it. <laughs> yeah, no, he, and, and then it's not the last either. <laughs> On the rush, uh, Stone uh, along the boards, then finds Carlson with a no look pass, and he just goes backhand top shelf far side on Gibson again like you just said giving him way too much time and, and space there and uh he puts the golden knights up five to three with his hat trick goal and um yeah it looks like this game is is pretty much over at this point yeah carlson like is able to skate in pick up the pass decide he wants to skate backwards turn puck handle a little bit and put a top shelf yeah. like a little cheeky yeah <laughs> but also i wasn't upset about it because you not once, but it's it's the whole thing of fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. You let Carlson do that to you twice. You let him have that much space twice. Mm-hmm. He will make you fucking pay. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I said, looks like this game is over. Uh, three minutes left. Ducks do pull Gibson to get the extra attacker. Ducks enter the zone, and Ricard Raquel manages to find Nick Ritchie. Subban makes the initial save, but is out of position, and Henrique just puts it in the open cage to close the gap a little bit to four to five uh, in favor of the Golden Knights. That's Henrik's 22nd on the season and assists go to Richie and Raquel on that one. So uh, a little bit more of a game, still still lots of time left in this one. Uh, yeah, great pressure on this play again. I was surprised watching this when it was like, pull the goalie. I'm like, oh, okay, we got like a minute and a half left. Three minutes, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, even down by two, I was surprised by yeah, like how early we pulled Gibson. I mean, it paid off. Yeah, because, spoiler, spoiler warning. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean we've already said the score. but Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it in a couple seconds. But. Yeah, uh, so the Ducks do get the extra attacker again, uh, gain the offensive zone. Terry passes it into the slot, uh, shot on net, and traffic ensues in front of Subban. William Carlson, trying to keep the puck out, ends up knocking Subban out of the way. Uh, the puck bounces off of Adam Henrique, and we've got a tie game. So uh, not Henrique's prettiest goal of the season or of his career, probably, but... 23rd of the season for him assists go to Delzato and Richie and we've got a, a tie game with uh, just about a minute minute and a half left I think this is the fourth time out of the five goals I've talked about it pressure 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 mm-hmm. and it pays off yeah for sure uh, so let's get into overtime here Ducks start the period with a power play uh, Subban makes the saves though to keep the game going uh, a little bit later, just I think about a minute and a half left in overtime. Gets laugh, trying to be a little bit too clutch, makes a, 
little bit too fancy of a, a pass to absolutely nobody. Well, I mean, it goes right to William somebody. Carlson. Was it Carlson? Was <laughs> yeah, that it was? was Carlson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Again, guys. Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> and uh, then Theodore gains the zone uh, on a, I don't remember if it was a two on one or a two on two, but either way, he, he sells the pass, elects for the shot, and it, it beats Gibson. Uh, Gibson trying to close he's, that yeah, short yeah, side yeah. a little bit. Yeah, he's but cheating it beats a little bit, thinking so. that Theodore's going to come around or he can push off the post or that sort of thing. And he leaves a little bit of that far side there. So Yeah, and he makes him pay. So great that the Ducks did get the point on that one, but uh, unfortunately drop it to the Golden Knights 6-5 to five there, as we mentioned right off the bat there. Yeah, I think I said it about both games in the last episode that like I wasn't upset with the losses because of how good they played, I guess. And mm-hmm. this is another example of that. Oh, yeah, so. to come back against... Vegas Golden Knights, yeah, um, down five to three with just a few minutes left. Like that looks really good. So yeah, like this Ducks team the entire year hasn't there hasn't been too many times that at least I can't even remember any times that they've like kind of hung their head and uh, what it got to up. a point. Yeah, yeah, they just they keep going. Yeah, which is good to see. Um, yeah. Especially with how many young guys are on the roster. Yeah, Yeah, it's really good. I'm going to break from the outline that we have just a little bit. Let's jump into the trades uh, and the trade deadline. Just sort of sticking with chronological order here before we get into the next game. Sounds good. So as we talked about on the last episode, Kasha went to the Bruins on February 21st there, a few days before the deadline. Uh, So let's jump into all the trades that uh, were made on deadline day by the Anaheim Ducks. A total of six of them. Uh, First one being... Uh, elite center Derek Grant unfortunately getting traded uh, I didn't think that would happen but I guess it did he went to the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for AHL player Kyle Crisculo and a fourth round pick in 2020 this didn't look like a great start to trade deadline day it really did not <laughs> now that I I think about it a little bit it looks more like it means that he's more of a rental and that Grant could come back in the offseason. Uh, that would be really nice. That would be. I, I think he loves it here, and I think he would want to come back. So um, it definitely leaves the room for that. If he doesn't come back, however, oof, that, yeah, it doesn't look doesn't good. It doesn't look good, no. So. The rest are fine, though. Yeah, the, opinion, so. yeah it, does, it does get better. <laughs> yeah. Um, next trade, uh, another one with the Boston Bruins. We sent Nick Ritchie to them in exchange for Danton Heinen, just one for one. Uh, I really don't have any issues with that. I think Ritchie's, well, especially from the last game, I think his value was higher than it has been all season. And uh, I think that he's going to help out in Boston. And uh, Danton Heinen, Heinen, a good young guy who I don't think really fits in in the role he's meant for in Boston, now coming to Anaheim with a little bit more space to, to grow, I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an, and that's just that just happens sometimes, too, that like your style of play doesn't necessarily work with the team you're with, mm-hmm. and it's not really anybody's uh, fault. You know, like teams do keep in mind as well their players, and like you do have some GMs going, like, this is where this person could succeed and whatnot as well, right? So, um, yeah, Anaheim, I think, is a place that... Uh, he really can do uh, quite well. So Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see him for the rest of the season. Um, I, I don't remember what his contract is, but I think we'll get him next year as well. I can pull it up here. So Danton Highland, Highland, Highland not Highland, Heinen. <laughs> <laughs> Fifth times of trying. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, he's on the first year of a two-year deal, 2.8 mil. So okay, yeah, that's really enough time for him to show what he can do with with this Ducks team. So yeah, uh, sorry, that's that. a that's an average. So yeah, so it's this year is technically two eight two five, next year going to two seven seventy five. Okay, so a, a fifty grand drop. So yeah, next trade here, 
We sent Daniel Sprong to the Washington Capitals in exchange for defenseman Christian Juice. Uh, as much as I like Sprong, he, he's only showed flashes uh, of being NHL ready. I think with the offensive firepower that Washington has, I think he might get a little bit more of a chance to show what he can do. Yeah. I, I think he's one of those guys that maybe needs that strong offensive forward to play with. I think he's more of like a hockey IQ guy than like a, a playmaker, skilled kind of guy, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it does. Just from what I've seen, and I, I think that maybe that's why Washington might be interested in him. And then Christian Juice, good defenseman that really didn't have a spot in in Washington there, um, or not enough room for him. So I, I really like that pickup for sure. Yeah, this is a trade that works out well for uh, for both sides, I think, especially Anaheim. But uh, yeah, you know, I, like I had high hopes throughout the season for Sprong, uh, thinking that he could be an impact player and i i personally liked what he did when he was called up um i guess uh, bob murray didn't quite agree with me and kept you know sending him around and whatnot so yeah i hope he gets a, a good chance there in washington yeah for sure uh christian juice yeah like you said great defender that just couldn't find a a spot essentially in washington just because i mean take a look at their defense as well yeah it's yeah, exactly. pretty damn good there's a there's a reason they've been contenders for so long yeah and i think that's a really good pickup for us you know there's there's a couple spots defensively that you can just kind of fix a little bit and uh christian juice will sl- yes will slide in there great for us so yeah for sure 25 years old so still a young guy uh left shot so doesn't feel fix that right side issue but does have a stanley cup under his belt with the, the Capitals there. There you go. I don't know how much he played with them. Uh, I can not quite a bit actually. Yeah. No. How many games? This season only two, but uh, last season forty five, and the season before that sixty three. So okay. Yeah, he definitely earned that Stanley Cup for sure. Yeah. Um, next one here, Devin Shore. We sent him to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Sonny Milano. I right away I was okay with this trade. I love Sonny Milano. Yeah. Yeah. Always have. It was, uh, love him even more now. It's even better that you got a guy named Sonny coming yeah. to Anaheim where it's normally where it's pretty always sunny. fucking sunny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would have been just a little bit better if he went to Philadelphia so you could say it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but <laughs> it still works for Anaheim. There, there's going to be so many puns coming out of this. And I've already, like, you see, like, the news articles about uh, Milano already that yeah. it's, it's, it's filled with pun potential. Yeah, it, if, it's uh, right there. Yeah, if you guys have any good ones, uh, make sure to tweet them at us uh, at Quack Report Pod. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I really like that. Again, I think, like Nick Ritchie, Devin Shores, um, potential was at an all-time high this season. He, he showed a lot of potential in the last couple months. So, And I think he'll have a good spot in, in Columbus as well. And I think Milano has already found a, a home in, in Anaheim, just based off of what we'll talk about in the next game here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Milano's another guy that can kind of fit into this system right away. Uh, and this works for Columbus as well because they're kind of in a, ah, I don't know, some people might not agree with me, but they're kind of in an interesting spot where they weren't believed to. They were supposed to be absolute crap this year because of all the uh, guys they lost to free agency. But then they're uh, fighting for a playoff spot right now. I think they're in that last wild card spot in the East, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, at least the last I saw, which I think was yesterday. But they're also still a, like they're a team that can contend and is contending. But also, this, yeah, this is a pick or a move that works for them because it's for the present as well as for the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, next trade here, we've got uh, Corbinian Holzer going to the Nashville Predators in exchange for Matt Irwin and a sixth round pick in 2022. So 
quite a ways away. I guess um, Murray really wanted that sixth round pick uh, if he was giving up Holzer. So got a little bit extra for um, instead of just that one for one for the defenseman there. Um, I'm personally sad to see Holzer go. I did like him, but um, I think a change of scenery might be good for him. He, he had some some rough patches for sure. And uh, Matt Irwin, um, I know a little bit about him and I think he'll fit in just fine here. I think they're two very comparable defensemen. I see the last name Irwin. I think right away to Steve Irwin, so I'm just good with it by name basis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's no relationship whatsoever, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm good with any guy named Irwin. Yeah, um, I think that it was more the Nashville Predators really wanted this, and Anaheim was like, I don't want to give up a defenseman, and they're like, Well, we'll give you a defenseman back, and they were like, Well, we still want Holzer, and he's like, Let's throw in a little pick in there yeah. just to sweeten it up a bit. So, yeah, see here, take this, yeah. see what happens in a couple of years. You might even be able to use it for another trade down the line. Oh, for sure, yeah. And then last trade of the day, uh, we got Joel Person from the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for Angus Redman and a conditional 2022 pick in the seventh round. Uh, Angus Redman, one of our goaltending prospects going to Edmonton there, he played in the uh, ECHL there, and yeah, he's just uh, going to stay there, so... Yeah, really not a lot going Edmonton's way, so very smart pickup here by Bob Murray to get a, a defenseman that has a little bit of NHL experience for, for not giving up a lot either. Joel Person signed from the SHL this year um, just as kind of a, a trial run in Edmonton there, just a one-year deal. Not really any room for him on the roster with the emergence of uh, Ethan Bear, now Caleb Jones on that roster. Uh, they also acquired Mike Green, so a lot of defensive depth in Edmonton now, so really just a a trade to give Joel Person a chance in the NHL, and I think that he'll uh, do fine on this Anaheim roster if and when he gets called up. So, I guess you being able to play both sides in this trade, who do you mm-hmm. think was the one who initiated this trade, actually? Was it Edmonton trying to find a spot for him, which is why kind of the return was pretty low? Um, probably, yeah. Uh, I've heard that Holland was kind of shopping him around because he had a conversation, or they had a conversation, and they were like, yeah, there's not really room on you for the roster, and Person was like... Can I get a trade somewhere else where I might okay. have a better opportunity? And he was like, yeah, sure. Let's see what we can get for you. So see, that's yeah. a nice thing is that like business isn't always like fully business. Mm-hmm. Like people do actually care in the sport, whether you're in a manager position or a player position or yeah, exactly. whatever. That's yeah. one of the things I like about this sport is that you like, that's, that's not going to be like a big story or anything like that, but mm-hmm. like it, it's some humanity, which is really nice. To yeah, hear. exactly. <laughs> it's not just like, all money we don't have enough money to pay you we don't want to pay you this much yeah here's the door sort of thing it's yeah exactly a, like you said there is humanity to it so yeah lots of moves here um lots of new acquisitions both forwards and defense a lot of guys that are nhl ready as well uh in the game that we're going to talk about we will see danton heinen christian juice sonny milano and uh did erwin play i don't remember if he was he wasn't very noticeable i think he was i think the only guy we haven't seen yet is Bacchus. yes yeah, so right. I think that might be I'm, I'm pretty sure like Bacchus has a family and stuff like that. So give him a couple more days and then he'll be there. So, yeah, probably. Um, no, Irwin did play in uh, this upcoming game against the Oilers. Yeah, I thought I remembered him being in this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just looking at this as well. Uh, another guy quickly to mention guy we picked up off of waivers left winger Andrew Agazino. We picked him up from uh, Pittsburgh there um, off waivers. So didn't send anything back the other way. He did play in this game uh, against the Oilers here. All right, so let's talk about uh, this game here. This one was a 4-3 win for the Anaheim Ducks in overtime as well. So uh, back-to-back games going to overtime there. Our predictions, you said a 3-2 loss in overtime. So you got the overtime. uh, I guess you got the amount of Oilers goals 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> just uh, didn't give the Ducks enough credit there. They got a couple more than you thought. So you're actually pretty close. You also, also predicted I was Smith. Pretty to the goalie. So. Yeah, the goalie. <laughs> I said 5-2 loss, um, so I was a little bit off there. I also predicted Koskinen, so yeah, not... You had the amount of goals, right? That's true. Five That's twos, true. Yep. seven goals. Does that mean we get to split this goals? prediction again? Sure. Okay, cool. So yeah, as you said, Smith was in this game for the Oilers. Stopped 17 of 21 shots for an 8-1-0 save percentage. Not a busy night for him. Gibson faced a lot more. 32 shots. Stopped 29 of them for a 9.06 save percentage. Pretty much right where you want to be there. Yep. All right, well, let's get into the first period of this game. Uh, Ducks do test Smith early on. They got the majority of the chances in the first period there gets uh then dumps one uh into the offensive zone uh well kind of more of a, a shot dump in puts it right on smith uh turns it into the corner ducks keep the pressure in the zone on this play eventually milano steals the puck and uh just sticks with it great individual effort here and he just taps it past mike smith for his first goal as a duck and probably one of his first shifts as well what a fucking entrance Oh yeah, Sonny Milano. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's yeah, he showed a lot of fire in this game. He was definitely the most noticeable player out, out of anybody. Yeah, like watching this play, like on the like on the replay in slow mo. All I was thinking was like he's trying to dish it off to Getzlaff, and Getzlaff just like seemingly wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's just like find you old fuck. I'll do it myself, and I'll yeah. do it one handed. Yeah, wrists it over Smith's shoulders. Smart veteran play by Getzlaff to just be like, nah, kid, you take this yeah. one. Get the experience. Yeah. yeah, you take this one, get the experience, pulls a beer out of his pants, <laughs> shotguns it like middle of the ice. It's a king can too yeah. because he's got the experience. He's just like, nah, regular won't do it for me anymore. Yeah, and then crushes it on that beautiful bald forehead of his. It's easy enough to yeah. do. Yeah. He uh, also doesn't have to worry about washing his hair because there is none. Exactly. Uh, that was Milano's sixth goal uh, of the season and unassisted and puts the Ducks up one to nothing in this one. Oilers do answer right back with some pressure on Gibson, though. Uh, they almost managed to tie it, um, get some good chances. Dry uh, rings one off the bar on the power play. Uh, dry sidle. I should not use nicknames, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but then uh, Ducks get the pressure. Milano s- throws it into the slot where Silverberg tips it. Almost go ahead by two, but not quite. Yeah, it was very close here on this tip. That was very close for sure. Um, didn't didn't take long though for them to eventually make the score two to nothing. They enter the zone with speed. Larson then finds Delorier uh, sneaking into the slot, and he manages to one time one in past Smith for his fourth goal of the season. Delzato getting an assist on that one as well as Larson. So yeah, this is something that at least I find you don't really see with this Anaheim team really a whole lot is like a goal on the break in. Or like just like on the rush type thing, right? It's typically they get it in and set up. So the pressure, yeah, yeah. So I was pretty happy to to see this one that knowing they they can score if they tried uh, getting in on the rush. So mm-hmm. yeah. Again, though, the Oilers try to answer back, and Gibson keeps the puck out. Then they also get a two on one in the the final minutes of the first period. Oilers do that is, but Christian Juice, uh, the one man on this two on one, interferes just enough with uh, Nuge for him to. Uh, not get the shot off that he wants and allows Gibson to make the save on that one. It so, also was not enough for a penalty. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just to clarify, there was no penalty on that play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, Ducks up 2 to nothing uh, going into the second period against the Oilers in this one. Great start. Yeah. However, about midway through the period, um, the new acquisitions for the Oilers, Ennis and Athanasio, connecting with McDavid, makes some nice passing play. Ennis uh, sneaks past the defenders and tips one top shelf on Gibson to make the score 2-1. to one. 
just to go a little bit off topic, I guess, not our team, if that line of Ennis, McDavid, Athanasio stays together for the rest of the season, look out. Because that is It's a fast line. Yeah. Like, I I made the joke. This play was built off of speed. Yeah, like, I made the joke to you last night. I'm like, oh, my God, McDavid actually entered the zone with somebody for the first time. So. Well, yeah, <laughs> like it's a joke, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like he does actually like have at full guys. speed too. Yeah, like he has guys that can keep up with him, mm-hmm. so it, yeah. it's going to be dangerous. And that's how that team or that line, especially if they keep them together, yeah, uh, that's how they're going to that's how they're going to beat teams. Yeah, we play them a couple season. more times at the end of March as well, yeah. so we gotta gotta look out for that. As you gotta, Ducks almost, fans, you gotta like gotta stop them. As, you gotta stop them at like the red line. You can't even let them try to yeah. enter the zone, or they're gonna they've already beat you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another thing uh, of note in the second period here, Milano makes a nice feed to Ricard Raquel that forces him to draw a penalty on the play, but unfortunately the Ducks don't capitalize on this one. Yeah, just centered it, or gave it to him uh, just like right in front of the net, and Raquel, yeah, just about to dance around Smith there, but yeah, it forces Larson to take a hooking call on that one. Um, another play off of pressure there, they win the offensive zone faceoff and, and just keep it and force it. To the front of the net really so yeah I, yeah I really like that play take any chance you can get yeah so two to one here uh going into the third period on a later Oilers power play the puck manages to come to Leon Dreisaitl and he one times it to tie the game up at two to two defensively I guess not really anything that you can do about this it was just a lucky bounce really that got to mm-hmm. uh Nugent Hopkins got it over to Dreisaitl and everyone's kind of reacting to the initial play that got deflected. So, yeah, can't really be too upset with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I did mention, I guess, um, when we previewed this game to try and keep the special teams to a minimum, but uh, special teams was actually really good in, in this game. Uh, Oilers just one for three on the power play. Uh, Ducks also one for three on the power play. So on both sides, it's pretty good. Yeah. Just to follow it up, bring it full circle from, from our initial talks. So, there you go. Yeah. Moving on here in the third period, a steal and some quick passing by the Ducks then leads to Adam Henrique putting one past Mike Smith from point-blank range to get his 24th goal of the season. Uh, assists going to newcomer Danton Heinen there and uh, Josh Manson. Yeah, Manson just has it at the wall, passes it down to Heinen in the corner, just throws it out to streaking Henrique coming in. Yeah, Oilers kind of defensive breakdown, I think, on this one. Definitely. Uh, yep. Yeah, Henrique had a little bit of time there to to dance Smith a little bit and... Uh, and beat him on it so mm-hmm. yeah so ducks up three to two on this one however it doesn't last long as uh the oilers answer back tyler ennis uh streaking in um using his speed to close the gap on gibson he tries to put one up over him uh gibson squeezes it but it does fall between the legs kind of sitting right on the line and athanasio manages to pull it off and put it in to tie the game up at three to three a little bit of a defensive lapse by uh sorry who was that um that was Manson in front of the net there. To I wouldn't even call it defensive lapse because, like, if Athanasiu doesn't see that puck right away, you could almost have that whistle blown, right? Yeah. Because, so, like, even watching the the screen or like, where the ref was positioned or that sort of thing, right? Like, couldn't see the puck. Like, Athanasiu was the only one who was able to see it and yeah. get a little tip. So yeah, I, I guess my point of view on that one is Man- Manson should have prevented him from getting into the crease anyways uh, but guess, yeah. without hearing the whistle like he, he was just like oh yeah we're gonna get a whistle i'm yeah. not gonna i'll let this guy stand here but yeah, without fair. the whistle coming you should you should try so yeah that's why i say um defensive laps i think is how i put it but yeah I, no, I, I agree yeah. with that but yeah again it's it's so hard because you expect yeah. 
the whistles. So yeah, and like the entire building, like even some of the others didn't know what exactly happened. It's yeah, like it's like when you watch the replay after. Oh, okay, Athanasio managed to see that. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, with the game tied three to three, a lot of pressure on the goaltenders now. And uh, then Gibson makes what I would call. Just an okay save on Connor McDavid. Fuck you. As, uh, McDavid, <laughs> no, no, I'm being like tongue in cheek. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> As he tries to, uh, McDavid that is, tries to make Gibson bite and, or freeze him and uh, just tuck it around him. But Gibson stays with the fastest player in the game uh, with seemingly no problem at all to keep the game tied there. This is exactly why you don't try to trade John Gibson yet, just because you're in a rebuild stage. You mm-hmm. hold on to this guy. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be good. Yeah. And then to end off the period here, Delzato then manages to sneak past the Oilers D, tips one onto Mike Smith, that could have put them up by one in the final minute, but Smith stands tall, so we are off to overtime. Overtime. In overtime, uh, Oilers with kind of the first good chance. Drysaddle gets a couple good whacks early on. Doesn't beat Gibson though. He stands his ground. Then on a Ducks power play, they just wait it out, keep passing the puck around, play keep away. Adam Henrique shoots it right at Sonny Milano's stick, who's just parked himself in front of Mike Smith. Uh, tips off him, goes in, and that's Milano's seventh of the season, second of the game, game-winning goal. Assists go to Henrique and Getzlaff on that one, so Getzlaff makes up for his misplay in the last overtime. Yeah, 4-3 to three win here for the Anaheim Ducks. I know I already said it, but like, what an entrance for Milano. Like, oh, absolutely. Great game. And this could game. have been his hat-trick goal, too. He had a good chance yeah, exactly. that we talked about earlier. And like. not really just against anyone as well. Like, I mean, a year ago you went through and said this, but like it was against like a really strong Edmonton Oilers club as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, great uh, great first impression and hope he's able to keep that up. Yeah, give that man a raise already, I'd say. <laughs> 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 no, nah, I'm just kidding. What are we talking, like five mil extra? Yeah. Give him, yeah, buddy. I think Ten mil signing two. bonus. There you go. Yeah. All right, uh, we were supposed to do a standings update for the Pacific Division, but uh, this is going to be a long episode already just with the trade deadline, so uh, we'll maybe skip that and and come back to it another time. If Uh, you'd like to take a look at the standings, they are updated each night on NHL.com. Yeah. And like any other sports thing. (laughs) (laughs) Ducks are officially um, the best California team now, though, ahead of San Jose and L.A. with the same number of games played for both of them. Woo! 58 points for the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, we will say that. Yeah. 25, 30, and 8 record. All right, so uh, some more news here. Uh, before the game against the Golden Knights, Sherwood was called up, so he did play in that game, uh, as well as the game against the Oilers, I believe. Uh, I didn't see him. Yes, yeah, he was. And then uh, after the trade deadline, so before the Oilers game, Terry and Gooley were sent down. Uh, I thought they looked good, but I'm glad that they gave the new guys an opportunity to show what they can do as well. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's anything against Terry and Gooley because they had a really strong game against Vegas. So Yeah, and uh, you know, send them down to San Diego, which isn't too far of a drive. Yeah. Um, but they're going to be a great presence down there, I think. Um, you can leave them down there for the rest of the season and try again next year. Again, it's not yeah. not, not that Terry and Gooley did anything wrong, but mm-hmm. just give them that yeah. little bit more time to develop and... Mm-hmm. Uh, be key parts on a team and see what they can do next year. Yeah, I do hope that we bring them up uh, to uh, maybe create some competition going into training camp just to yeah. say like, hey, nobody's spots guaranteed. Like, yep. let's see what you guys can do. So next piece of news here. So the Honda Center will officially still be the name of uh, the Ducks Arena all the way up until 2031 now with the Anaheim Arena Management Group and Honda Uh, agreeing to extend their partnership that they talked about in 2006, which was a 15-year deal. They are extending it for another 10 years to 
basically use the the Honda name on the Honda Center as promotion for the for Honda, I guess really. And they do like Honda promotions, I guess, throughout the the season. You, know, you can win cars and stuff, doing mm-hmm. the on ice stuff and intermissions. So yeah, Honda Center all the way up until twenty thirty one. It's guaranteed. So cool stuff. Yeah, I was gonna ask what you think about that, but it's not really a. Well, I mean, I drive a Honda. I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> I guess you do, yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my old 99 Civic hatchback. Yeah. It's gotten me places, let me tell you. It has, yeah. <laughs> you had a Jay Bomeister update for us as well, um, following the, the game against the Blues there where he collapsed. Uh, yeah, I do. So uh, the St. Louis Blues did tweet today, so being Wednesday, that uh, Jay Bomeister will not participate in the remainder of the regular season or playoffs uh, Bomeister uh, did put out a statement saying I'm going to have to evaluate the future, uh, but I wouldn't say I've done that fully yet. There are decisions I'm going to have to make, but that will come later. So yeah, uh, I remember reading that he hasn't really thought about hockey since then. He's just kind of enjoying life now. So which is good. That definitely do that. Yeah. After kind of, well, not kind of. It was like a life altering. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, so. I, I hear. Uh, I hear you take a good look at life when you have a near death experience. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't blame him. So, yeah, take all the time you need, buddy. Yeah, we're still cheering for you here in Anaheim and wherever else. Yeah, exactly. Before we get into upcoming games here, we're just going to let you guys know about CoolHockey.com and the latest deals involved with them. If you haven't heard about Cool Hockey with us yet, since 1999, CoolHockey.com. Where have you been? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, or thanks for joining us. Maybe. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, don't be so judgmental, Nate. I just assume people listen to us. Like, if it have been for a while, I keep forgetting that, like, new viewers are a thing. Yeah. Uh, but Cool Hockey, since 1999, has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America. To them, quality is just as important as it is to you, and that's why they ensure that every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the NHL Players Association. Cool Hockey stocks officially licensed NHL products from Adidas, Fanatics, Reebok, and CCM, and hand-stitches them in their 15,000-square-foot state-of-the-art production facility in Toronto, Ontario, to ensure the most authentic customization possible. Since they don't outsource jerseys for customization like their competitors, they are able to offer the best quality, pricing, and delivery time on all their products. Cool Hockey staff live and breathe hockey, and it's chosen their work. Find out for yourself why CoolHockey.com is the number one source for NHL hockey jerseys online. If you buy today, you can get your first or your next jersey from them for 25% off. Just use the promo code CH25 to get 25% off of your purchase of $175 or more. Again, that's CH, as in cool hockey, CH25 for 25% off. Uh, But this deal won't last forever, so if you're thinking of a new jersey, maybe you want to get yourself a Sonny Milano jersey. I know I do after that. That'd be pretty Um, good. Don't wait. We will toss a link down in the description uh, as well that you can use, and it'll direct you right to their site where you can order your Anaheim Ducks or whatever other NHL team jersey you would like yeah and also by using that link that we supply in the description we can receive commission uh, off of each purchase made through the link this helps us to make some dough which we can use for future giveaways we'd love to do a jersey giveaway at some point and other things just to make the quack report better for everyone so yeah so again ch25 gets you 25% off of your purchase of $175 or more and yeah if you're considering a jersey that's that's the way to go they have some nice stuff get that jersey get it All right, let's get into upcoming games here. On Friday, February 28th, the Pittsburgh Penguins are visiting the uh, not-so-newly-named Honda Center. The game will be at 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern. Last time, and I guess only other time we will have played the Pens this season, was on October 10th. It's pretty early in the season. 
a 2-1 loss to them to put the pens up one to nothing in the season series. So It's a battle of birds. Yes. <laughs> Ducks versus penguins. <laughs> only one will fly. Well, I mean, only one does fly. My point. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying we're going to win? We're going to win. Okay. If you think about it, ducks are the superior bird. Because not only do they fly, they also swim. Whereas penguins just swim. Yeah, you got a point there. So I'm pretty optimistic about this game. Yeah. Let's uh, fuck up these flightless fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Weren't the original hosts for this show? Yeah, aren't they the ducks? They're the ducks guys now. Or penguins guys now. Do you have issues with birds? I'm tired. Birds? <laughs> yes, uh, I have issues with birds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the guys that we're going to do the show are yeah. doing the pens one. Yeah. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're listening, sorry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we can get into it here. So uh, for some stats, uh, leading the Pittsburgh Penguins is Evgeny Malkin. 47 games played, 21 goals, 41 assists for 62 points. You know, he really shot off during that time that Crosby was gone, and he normally does. Oh, yeah. Um, just this is like, well, yeah, Crosby's not here. All right, I'll pick up the slack. Yeah. Next is Brian Rust, 47 games played, 23 goals, 29 assists for 49 points. And uh, Jake Gensel is still sitting in third place, having been out for like a few months at this point. 39 games played. 20 goals, 23 assists for 43 <laughs> points. Man, I was so upset, honestly, when yeah. he got hurt because I had him in my fantasy league. I think I drafted him in the fourth round. Yeah. I was so upset by that. Can you imagine where he would be now if he oh my was God. so healthy? It'd be ridiculous. Uh, just because Gensel's out, I will read who is next. Uh, it's uh, a tie, actually, between Chris Letang and Sidney Crosby. Uh, Latang playing 53 games, 14 goals, 27 assists for 41 points. I know that'll make one of our friends really happy, who's a huge Chris Latang and Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And uh, yeah, Sidney Crosby, 33 games played, 13 goals, 28 assists for 41 points. So nothing new for Crosby. No, really not. Brian Rust uh, being second on the list there kind of surprised me, but he is playing with Malkin. I'm assuming has played with Malkin the whole whole season, so that would explain a lot there. Joining them on that second line is Patrick Hornquist. I would imagine he uh, played with Crosby as well, though. But um, now on that top line, uh, new acquisitions to Pittsburgh. Connor Sheary coming back to play on that top line with Crosby. And Jason Zucker, who was traded from Minnesota last week, is on the left wing with Crosby. Yeah, just taking a look at uh, Sheary's stats uh, coming into Pittsburgh. He hasn't played with them yet. Uh, he had 55 games played and 19 points there in Buffalo. Yeah, it's going to shoot through the roof now. Yeah. They uh, had some chemistry back yeah, a couple, back years, a couple ago, years ago. So. Yeah. Uh, third line for the Penguins now. Evan Rodriguez is centering the third line with Patrick Marlowe and Dominic Simon. Yeah, it's a couple pickups right there in uh, Marlowe and Rodriguez, I'm pretty sure. Unless, yeah. it, was, unless it was a different Rodriguez, I'm thinking. No, no. Got sent. That's it was that guy? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, fourth line, Teddy Bluger. Uh, with Sam Lafferty and Brandon Tanev. Man, when, when your top two lines are what they are, like you can put whoever you want on those yeah. third and fourth lines. Still good the, players, though. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that, yeah, the big noticeable for uh, Pittsburgh now is Patrick Marlowe being there. Um, you know, he's chasing that cup. We could see mm-hmm. him retire at the end of the year now if he if he was okay with leaving San Jose yeah. uh, to go for it. But, yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting to see how, how he works in Pittsburgh kind of at the tail end of the season here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he solidifies that third line quite well. Yeah, he does. And just another another veteran play, like presence. Like 
And I mean, like you already have veterans in Crosby and Malkin. Like I still don't even. Yeah. They're not even veterans. They're just playoff experience guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like at the same time, you remember like Crosby was drafted in 2005. Mm-hmm. So like is technically a veteran for yeah. the NHL, but still still young. Yeah. Like it's crazy to think actually how long he and Malkin have actually been around like terrorizing this league. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh, moving on to the defensive pairings here. Chris Letang on that top pairing, obviously. Uh, his partner is Jack Johnson. Second pairing is Justin Schultz on the right side with Marcus uh, Peterson or Peterson on the left. And UC Ricola and Chad Ruedel make up the third pairing. Can't go wrong with that defense. No, really can't. And uh, goalies, Matt Murray and Tristan Jari. Yeah, we can get into them uh, here. So Tristan Jari, you know, the guy was supposed to be the backup goalie to start the season and he just shot off when um you know if you listen to the shooting around show i've never been the biggest matt murray guy i thought he was kind of overhyped and that's not because i was i or i am like a big mark andre Fleury fan it's just more what i saw and i'm like this isn't he doesn't quite deserve all the hype he's getting um and i think it, it honestly showed this year uh, so Tristan Jari playing 30 games, a 29 and one record, a two, two, three goals against and a nine, two, seven save percentage, which got him a all-star appearance as well. And then Matt Murray, 33 games played uh, 17, nine and five record two, eight, four goals against and a nine Oh one save percentage. So is Jari a 29 and one, or is he a 29 and one record? 29 and one. Okay. Uh, when you initially said that, I heard, said a little I, heard fast. I heard 29 <laughs> and one, and I was like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, there's no way. <laughs> wanted to clarify just in case. I mean, it's all star numbers too. It, it's possible. So. But I mean, 29 and one is all star as I well. Mean, th- that's also pretty <laughs> yeah. damn good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think that Jari's really solidified himself as the starter for right now. I mean, I, I think playoff time or come playoff time, Murray's going to become playoff Murray like everyone knows but either way both those goalies are are pretty good so with all this in mind what are your predictions for this game I'm actually going to predict a 3-2 win for the Anaheim Ducks um just I've been really liking what I've been seeing and this Ducks team really plays hard yeah they, they have a lot to prove especially with a lot of new guys but you know they they really step it up it seems against these big name teams um so and yeah, I, I just see it going pretty well. You know, you got it'll probably be uh, a Murray uh, Gibson matchup, and uh, it'll be a great goaltending battle, which is why it's I'd say a, a low score still mm-hmm. uh, at three two. But yeah, so um, I've got uh, three two score as well. I'm saying a loss with this one. Uh, I think the Pens are just they're just too good. So I think it's still going to be a close game, but I think the Pens are going to come out on top on That's this fair. one. So. I got yeah. faith in our kind of new decor. So yeah, no, they look really I, I'd good. Like for to sure, see, so. This will be a good test for them, I think. Yeah, not not saying that Vegas and Edmonton weren't obviously because oh, like, those are, are offensive yeah. powerhouses. But like, <laughs> this is definitely let, a here, team let, that has proven themselves. Let's for put a you long up against time. Crosby, Malkin, Sherry, Hornquist, Marlowe, You know, guys like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, Pittsburgh does play San Jose the following day, so. I mean, I I don't think that really helps to predict which goalie we're going to see. I think you play yeah. either one against either one. But yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to the the next game here. Sunday, March first, the Ducks are home to the New Jersey Devils. This game will be at five Pacific, eight Eastern time. 
Last time we played the Devils, December 18th, was a 3-1 loss. Gave the Devils a 1-0 series lead. This will be the last meeting uh, between these two teams here. But do you want to give us some stats for whoever is left on New Jersey? <laughs> well, it's really the three guys that you would uh, you would think, honestly. Uh, well, three of the four. Leading the team is Kyle Palmieri, 58 games played, 23 goals, 20 assists for 43 points on the year. Nikita Gusev, 59 games played, 11 goals, 28 assists for 39 points. And uh, Nico Hischier, 51 games played, 13 goals, 20 assists for 33 points. All right, and we got to talk about the first overall pick this year as well. Jack Hughes, where is he sitting? Uh, 54 games played, 7 goals, 14 assists for 21 points. Honestly, it's not. I mean... It's the first year. I wouldn't call it a bust or anything no, yet. Especially with how New Jersey's performing. Yeah, that's the exact reason for it. You can't really expect a whole lot of production, even out of a guy who's as talented as Hughes, when there's not really a whole lot around him anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, especially when you start taking it off really two months into the season, when you start like when you trade Taylor Hall like to start mm-hmm. and then you just keep stripping away pieces and you get rid of the GM and then, then whoever's running it like I don't even know who's running the Devils right now no but idea. then he just starts firing off pieces as well and whatnot like yeah it's pretty much there's like five guys left I'd say Palmieri, Gusev, Hishir who are all leading mm-hmm. uh, Hughes and P.K. Subban and even he's not doing a whole lot I don't no, know if really it's an not. off year for him uh, or it has what to it be. is there's yeah. no way uh, there's no way he does there's no way this is the new P.K. like he, he yeah. he's going to come back so yeah I guess let's uh, go through the lines here and what Daily Faceoff is projecting for what is left of the New Jersey Devils Jack Hughes Nico Hiche and Kyle Palm- Palmieri make up that first line which I, I think that's going to be good in, in a few years for sure so Second line, Miles Wood, Travis Zajac, Joey Anderson. Wood and Zajac, staples of the Devils team for a few years now as well. Yep. Third line, Jesper Bratt, Pavel Zaka, and Nikita Gusev. I think that's a really good line as well. I would honestly put that as a second line. And then fourth line, Kevin Rooney, Michael McLeod, and John Hayden. I'll rattle off the defensive pairings here as well. Mirko Mueller and P.K. Subban are the top pairing. Dakota Mermis and Damon Severson are, are the second pairing. And Frederick Clayson and Connor Carrick are the third pairing. Yeah, it's, it's very bare bones very at sparse. this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the future. But mm-hmm. I think yeah, we're, definitely. I think we're, man, depending on who they pick up for a GM and what moves they can make. Obviously, we may be looking at kind of a midway point actually of like Oilers of the last decade 2.0. Mm-hmm. And then I guess goaltenders here as well. They shipped off Louis Deming, so uh, Corey Schneider is back from the AHL, and uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. Honestly, having a pretty good season with this New Jersey team. Yeah, his numbers aren't terrible. Yeah. yeah, his numbers aren't terrible considering the, you know, the rest of the production by this New Jersey team. This is really the one. The one bright spot, I would say, is Blackwood. For sure. Uh, He has forty-three games played, a twenty-one, twelve, and seven record. Wait. He has a winning record. He has a winning record by a lot, like by by nine games. Wow. Sorry, keep going. A two seven three goals against and a nine one six save percentage. Like wow. I said, he is the bright spot right now in this Devils club for sure. Definitely. I mean, they're almost five hundred. Twenty five wins, twenty seven losses, uh, ten overtime losses for sixty points. However, a minus forty goal differential. I think they just started really slow. And then realize that there wasn't any chemistry and, and it just kind of fell apart. But I, I think that there's a lot of potential in these guys, yeah. especially looking at that top line too. So yeah, it's fun to shit on them, but I, I think that 
you can't take them lightly. So. Detroit's been fun to shit on this year for oh, yeah. New Jersey has just been confusing to me. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then, like you said, now backing him up or backing him up again is uh, Corey Schneider back up from the AHL. Uh, Schneider so far this season had played ten games, has a one six and one record, uh, a four two one goals against, and a eight six four save percentage. So yeah, he can only impress now, which is kind of good um, considering the state that they're in. If he can, if he can scrape up some wins in the the last part of this season, I think that going into next season he's going to be fine. It's really just a confidence thing. So yeah, it's yeah confidence thing, and you know his his play really dropped off after he had had uh, I believe it was hip surgery. Um, as a goalie, that is hard to come back from because you rely on your hips so much to play the position, right? Uh, pushing off back and forth, sliding back and forth, and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, even just keeping your body up in the butterfly yeah, position exactly. too. Like, so, a lot of well, muscles even, working for that. And even the butterfly position is not a natural human body position. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I guess kind of with both of these teams almost being kind of made up of spare parts, uh, seemingly ducks. Less so, they they still have some some veterans on their roster. They picked up some some depth pieces. I think that are a little bit better than the Devils might have. But what's your score prediction on this one? I'm going to call a two one win for the Anaheim Ducks. A little bit lower of a score, just because I see them. You kind of look at the trends from this year as it goes really good, and then it kind of drops off, and then you have the absolute shit game, and then you have a really good game, and you kind of do that slow dip again. So I think we're kind of starting on that dip right now. Uh, we still we still will beat this Devils Club, I think, who are spare parts at this point. But uh, I I think just because we're coming on the dip, it'll be a bit closer of a game than we anticipate. Mm-hmm, so for sure, um, one thing I should say that might change your opinion: this is the second half of a back to back for New Jersey. They're in LA the night before, or I guess afternoon before, I should say. So potentially you see Blackwood against LA there, just because first game get your starter out there. So do you think we'll see Schneider in this game potentially? <sighs> I feel like we'd actually see Blackwood in this one. You think they start Schneider in the first one? They yeah, because break norms maybe. Did you? Yeah, you said that New Jersey's in LA the night before. Yeah, so you want Blackwood rested for your home game? They're both uh, on the road for for New Jersey. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. I thought I thought they were okay. Nope. My bad. Yeah, I don't know. I still think you play Blackwood against the Ducks just because they've really they are the they, stronger they've, team. They've, they've improved on ice at the trade deadline already, even yep. though they're. Like if you look at standings wise, a weaker team as well. Um, they've improved a lot on ice, whereas LA is shipping off parts as well, and they're they're building pretty, for yeah, pretty the much draft. everything yeah. was draft picks. So there's yeah. there wasn't a whole lot changing on the ice compared to Anaheim. So you kind of have that unpredictability, especially coming from the Eastern Conference, where you don't really see each other. So you're just trying to watch tape, and at this point, it's really old tape. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're going to be seeing Blackwood there against the Ducks. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that for sure. Um, I have a four-two win here as well. I think that the Ducks, just a little bit more firepower, are going to rack up a little bit more goals. I think that you're right that maybe they're going on a little bit of a dip down with the strong games against uh, the Golden Knights and the Oilers there. Uh, so I think that they're still going to give up some some rough ones. Um, I'm still calling a strong game against the Pens too. So yeah, yeah, the Devils exactly. come at this point. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that it's really easy to take the Devils lightly, especially now. And I I think that they they're going to come out with some some firepower. Uh, maybe get one or two early, and then the Ducks will just take it to them. So there you go. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. This podcast is a production of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to listen to more podcasts from the perspectives of other teams, you can check out the other shows on the network as they have one for each of the 31 NHL teams. They also have an Ice Analytics podcast and a Tales with Terry Ryan that come out on Fridays and Saturdays. You can listen to those shows on the weekend and you can listen to the other shows uh, that relate to each of the NHL teams on Mondays and Thursdays, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow our show on Twitter at Quack Report Pod and you can follow the network at Hockey Pod Net. If you'd like to hear more from myself, Nate, and Steven, be sure to listen to us on the Shooting Around Show, where we come up with new episodes every Monday. We just broke down the entire trade deadline on the last episode. It's a very long one. <laughs> the entire trade deadline. Yes. It was a lot. Yeah, it's about a two and a half hour episode, but uh, feel free to skip through it and kind of we go team by team so you can kind of just focus on the ones you actually care about. You can follow our show on Twitter at Shooting Around. Thank you guys for listening and go Ducks go. Woo!